Perhaps the World Ends Here by Joy Harjo. The world begins at a kitchen table. No matter what, we must eat to live. The gifts of earth are brought and prepared, set on the table. So it has been since creation, and it will go on. We chase chickens or dogs away from it. Babies teeth at the corners. They scrape their knees under it. It is here that children are given instructions on what it means to be human. We make men at it. We make women. At this table we gossip, recall enemies, and the ghosts of lovers. Our dreams drink coffee with us as they put their arms around our children. They laugh with us at our poor falling down selves as we put ourselves back together again once, at the, once again at the table. As a fuck it, this one was like a run-on sentence. Fuck you, Joy. This table has been a house in the rain, an umbrella in the sun. Wars have begun and ended at this table. It is a place to hide in the shadow of terror. A place to celebrate the terrible victory. We have given birth on this table and have prepared our parents for burial here. At this table we sing with joy, with sorrow, we pray of suffering and remorse, we give thanks. Perhaps the world will end at the kitchen table while we are laughing and crying, eating of the last sweet bite. Wow, what'd you think of that? Hmm. I'm thinking this, uh, the cinnamon bun roll thing that I'm eating is pretty delicious. But, oh, I um, thought you, I thought you were chewing on some Laffy Taffy. <laughs> nope, but, um, Nah, you know what? <laughs> I'm not surprised wars have started and ended at that table when these motherfuckers are bringing up their goddamn exes at the dinner table. That, that'll yeah, get not, you slapped. Not only that, but creating children and giving birth on the table. Mm-hmm. Good lord. You what can't is just this go a, fucking anywhere. What is this, a fucking barn? Yeah, apparently there's rolling in the hay right there on oh. the mac and cheese. <laughs> Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Roll in the Hay with us. I'm Davis. I'm Chance. This is Pod Fast and Pod Furious. Today, we're calling you inside and we're uh, culling the herd and we're milking you and we're suckling you your teats. Mm-hmm. And we're we're just gonna we're gonna go farm to table with you, baby. And we're saying, we're, hey, get out of that sun. Mm-hmm. Cause the earth. Get, about to it's, be scorched. The earth is scorched. Get out the sun. Come in. We suckle your teats. Mm-hmm. We raise you tender. We tenderize your fucking pork loins. And we fuck you there on the kitchen table in front of and all of our friends you, and family. We fuck you right there on the kitchen table. Farm to kitchen table. And that's it. That's what's going to happen. And that's how we're going to keep the climate from changing the world from ending. Because that's mm-hmm. what happens in scorched earth. You fuck more. You give birth to mongoloids. Mm-hmm. And it works itself out. That's basically just how we would do things here if you never listen. It's all free associative, baby. We just start pulling fucking words and phrases and things that come tumbling out of the clouds, and then we create pure fucking gold out of that shit. Mm-hmm. That's all we're doing is we're weaving fucking beautiful uh, string fucking sweaters, cable-knit sweaters out of dog shit, trundles of dog shit. Yep, and your intestines. Uh, would you like to hear another poem? Sure. Fuck, that was okay. really good. The poem or the cinnamon bun? The cinnamon bun. It was like a cupcake, but a cinnamon bun? I uh, crushed that motherfucker. 
Would you like to hear Try to Praise the Mutilated World by Adam Zagajewski? I guess. What's with all these fucked up last names? Uh, well, I think this guy's like a Polak or something. It says it was translated by Claire <laughs> Kavanaugh. <coughs> okay. I think this guy's a Polak or something. <laughs> Could have eaten that fucking bun before you start recording? You're up here fucking coughing cinnamons all over my mouth. I'm coughing because you're calling people fucking Polacks. I'm done with the goddamn cinnamon bun. Try to praise the mutilated world. Remember June's long days and wild strawberries, drops of rosé wine. The nettles that methodically overgrew the abandoned homesteads of exiles. You must praise the mutilated world. You watched the stylish yachts and ships. One of them had a long trip ahead of it while salty oblivion awaited others. You've seen the refugees going nowhere. You've heard the executioners sing joyfully. You should praise the mutilated world. Remember the moments when we were together in a white room and the curtain fluttered. Return in thought to the concert where music flared. You gathered acorns in the park in autumn, and leaves eddied over the earth's scars. Praise the mutilated world, and the gray feather a thrush lost, and the gentle light that strays and vanishes and returns. What'd you think of that one? I hated it. Okay. This motherfucker trying to tell me what to do? How dare he? This, this is this, your anti your anti Polak bias is showing yet again. This fucking fairy ass Polak over here drinking goddamn <laughs> rose telling me to fucking appreciate things. How about you appreciate this dick? That's what is I your dick say. out? I can't sorry, we're recording over the mics. I don't know if you pulled your dick out and started waving it, waggling it. I'm going to say I did, but I didn't. But okay. the image of it sounds better. Yeah, imagine that imagery inside your mind's eye. Just Chance my little... Waggle, waggling his little pecker back and mm-hmm. forth. It's no bigger than your big toe. Mm-hmm. Just barely Fli- wiggling. Flipping it like a friggin' switch, baby. Mm-hmm. Like a Nintendo switch. Mm-hmm. I'm shaking it like a laugh taffy Would you like to hear Disappointments of the Apocalypse by Mary Carr? No, motherfucker. If this is not death poetry, I don't want to hear no more. Nah, this shit's way too long. We need to. All I want is Japanese death poetry from here on out. That's this it. bullshit. That's this all I want. This is goddamn bullshit. Listen, folks, today's fucking movie is called Scorched Earth. Mm-hmm. Scorched Earth, what it's about, I'll tell you what it's about. This is from On Disc screen, Streaming, March 6, 2018. So it came out last year. Yep. Uh, movie info, here you go. The planet has suffered an environmental collapse. The air became dangerous to breathe. What is this, another fucking poem? The air became dangerous to breathe. The water became toxic, and billions of people died. Generations later, mankind has finally reestablished a rudimentary society in an attempt to pick up the pieces that continued to blister in the sun. Attica Gage. Gina Carano is a bounty hunter with a chance at the bounty of a lifetime to bring down the ruthless outlaw Elijah Jackson. Gage infiltrates Jackson's gang and everything is going to plan until she meets a slave girl who reminds her of her dead sister. With her loyalty to only herself now tested, Gage learns that there might be more to life than just survival. So her sister wore tons of makeup in a post-apocalyptic world as well? I don't know, man. I was hoping that when you said you were going to read the description of Scorched Earth, you were just going to read the Scorched Earth policy, like the military strategy. 
Oh, that would have that would have been a probably a, probably a pretty good bit. Maybe we should re- uh, stop the episode and record it again and do that mm. whole thing. Nope, you you fucked up, dude. You goof. <sighs> it's all downhill from here, man. See, Look if I this. was if I was Attica and I was leading charge, I just would have read the scorched earth policy. Attica! 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 Name that movie. Attica. 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 I I don't know about but I'd put my dick in Al Pacino. Hoo-ah, baby. What's that Ooh. smell? What's that Ooh. smell? Is that the scent of a woman? <laughs> the scent of Gina Carrero. Is that the scent of a scarecrow? What's that put... I'm sensing? Some panic in Needle Park? Hoo-ah. Would you rather put your dick in Al Pacino or Gina Carrero? I am Al Pacino, baby. Yeah, so you put your dick in your hand all the time. I put my own prick in my own hand on the set of The Godfather Part 3. Francis Ford Coppola, Frankie, as I call him, he didn't like that. He said, Albert, we only put the gray in your hair to make your head look older. We didn't gray up your balls and your testicles. It's going to be a problem in post-production. You got to put your prick away, baby. I said, hoo-ah, I don't answer to nobody. Goddamn, I'm always impressed how Dave gets these wonderful guests. I mean, I, I just put the fucking feelers out, dude. Yeah, you just you test in the waters? Hoo-ah, baby! Look out there. You're buttoning, uh, you're buttoning in and taking my microphone time. I'm sorry, Alec, can I ask one question? Yeah, it's Albert. Please call me Albert. Albert, what brought you on this show? What, what, what got you interested? It's short for Albatross Pacino. <laughs> All right, Albatross. Let me tell you, I, I'm first and foremost, I'm a cinephile, baby. And I heard you fellas was on here talking about some of the biggest hits globally of all time and also digging into independent features. And I said, oh, yeah, I always like to support the indie artists. So you're a big fan of Scorched Earth then? Scorched Earth policy, baby. Well, I got to be real with you. I didn't watch it. I was oh. a, I was an hour 900 on a post-production CGI rotoscoping of my face for the Irishman. That's a lot of work. Yeah, it was a lot of rotoscoping. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing it myself in my own apartment. Marty doesn't have time. Oh, damn, they just... Marty sent you the, the equipment. He was, sent like, me the equipment. It out. Sent me a 3D printer to my house. Some of those jumpsuits with the tennis balls on them. Uh-huh. And I had to glue it all together myself, baby. I said, I said, it was three in the morning. I was sniffing glue going, hoo Damn, I am excited to see how the rotoscoping turns out on your your <laughs> portion. <laughs> yeah, just my scenes. Marty, he got all the De Niro, he got all the Bobby stuff done. He got all the Joey stuff done. He got all the Raymond Romando stuff done. Now, does that upset you? Because I feel like Marty uh, has always given uh, more special treatment to Bobby, who you all had this kind of make-believe rivalry for so many years that the the press and the media's portrayed. Yeah, um, but look, I understand it. That's his guy. That's his special little boy. I had something similar with Frankie Coppola. Did you all discuss this uh, this fabricated rivalry at all while shooting the uh, the hit motion picture Righteous Kill? Ooh, ah. I 
we'll take that as a yes. Let me tell you something, baby. We learned something about beef on the set of Righteous Kill from none other than Mr. 50 Cents. Uh-huh. He was there. 50 Cent came upon the set, and he said, I heard you had something of a beef going on. I said, beef stromboli, baby. That's what my toupee looks like on this picture. And he said, no, I'm talking about beef that I got with the G-Units. Oh, he was beefing with G-Unit at the time. I don't know what was going on. Something about repping sets and whatnot, but he was having a real whale of a time with that. And he said, when it all comes down to it, uh, the only thing I wish I did, I never would have done in my whole entire life was was beefed with the boys that always had my back, baby. Are you sure he wasn't beefing with the uh, the group as G, you not? Led I, by none other than the game. I think I'm having a stroke right now. Another one, because I don't know what the world you just said. Uh, Black Wall Street, you know? They came in, they crushed G-Unit. Whoa, Wall Street, baby. I had to pass on that motion picture. They gave it to Michael Douglas. <laughs> that was the Black Wall Street I was talking about. Yeah, with Black Wall Street too. Money never sleeps. Yet again. Yep, yet again. And I, I came into Ollie's office. You know, Ollie Stone. I heard he was doing Wall Street 2, Money ne Black Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps Yet Again. And I said, Ollie, I missed out on Wall Street 1. You gave, it the, you gave that picture to Mikey, Mikey Douglas. And I said, listen, I've been doing some, some home rotoscoping with a 3D printer and some tennis balls strapped to a jumpsuit. And I think... Uh -huh. I think if you were to just, uh, if you were to stick me in M Mikey Douglas's place, and maybe we could rotoscope his face on top of mine, and I think I could really knock it out and give you a stunner, because this was at the time that Mikey Douglas had uh, throat cancer from eating that uh, that Mexican broad's pussy. And <laughs> yep, I think she's Spanish, but yeah, Mexican work. He was eating that fucking salsa broad's pussy out. It was too spicy. Uh huh. And he got a little salsa con verde down his fucking throat muscles, down his uh -huh. larynx. And uh, I think Ollie Stone needed somebody to fill in. I said, Ollie, let me do it, baby. And you can rotoscope Mikey's head on top of mine. And actually, you don't even have to do it. I'll do it free of charge in my own apartment. <laughs> you were really hell-bent on learning that, tech that technology. Well, I was so disappointed that I mi missed out on Wall Street 1 was the big thing. And then when I heard they're doing Black Wall Street 2, Money Never Sleeps Yet Again... And I got to work with the kid from uh, this motion picture, Holes, that I really liked. Oh, yeah, the Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, Shia, baby. Yeah, man, I really like to wrestle you? I really like the cut of his jib. Well, actually, he didn't try to wrestle me. I try to wrestle every single actor that works on a motion picture with me. Ooh, established dominance. That's exactly it. And I tried to wrestle Bobby on a set of Heat. And uh, Mikey, man, he's a, he's a hard-nosed Chicago fella. A real demon when it comes down to brass tacks. And he wasn't having none of that tomfoolery on his set. He's there to work. That's exactly it. He's a professional. He cuts right to the chase. Can I ask you a question, uh, Mr. Albatross? Oh, I'm an open book, baby. Hoo-ah! Hoo-ah! When are you gonna work with another professional? I'm always working with professionals. What the fuck are you talking about? I just mean, you know, you go from Scarface to yeah. Righteous Kill. I mean, yeah. when are you going to work Nothing. with, like, another professional director? Nothing but classics. I did. 
I worked with Dennis Dugan on Jack and Jill, the Adam Sandler motion picture. Do you know what? (laughs) My mistake, I forgot about that brilliant motion picture. (laughs) Let me tell you, that was probably the greatest performance I ever gave before in my entire life before. I'm forced to agree. (laughs) Yep. Jack and Jill, man. That was, uh, it really, it really, it, it, it hit me in places I didn't know I had. That's exactly it. That was the kind of nuance that we were really going for. Hold on, I just had to double check with my agent. It, it, yes, it really was Dennis Dugan that directed that picture. I just wanted to double check <laughs> <laughs> that it wasn't like Frank Karachi or somebody. <laughs> no, Dennis Dugan, man. He's known for his work. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Dugan, <laughs> he's a real high-profile guy. You can't lock him down too often. He only does maybe one picture every two years. What he does, they're hits. Let me How tell you, he's working with Chris O'Donnell on *Scent of a Woman*. Oh, Chris Walken, great actor. Nope, not Chris Walken. Chris O'Donnell. Oh, Chris Penn. May he rest in peace. God rest his no, soul. No, no, Love I'm talking him about and Robin and his from, brother. I'm talking about Robin from the hit film *Batman and Robin*. Chris O'Donnell. Robin. Uh huh. That don't ring no bells. He plays like the lawyer guy. You talking about Robin Wright Penn, Sean Penn's wife? I love those pens. Nope. I'm talking, no, I'm talking about Chris O'Donnell. Uh, Robin, he was in a... Robin Tunney. She showed her cans in Supernova, by, directed by my good friend uh, Wally Hill. Yeah, that was a good one as well. Uh, but Chris O'Donnell, you know, he mm-hmm. did such films as Batman Forever, uh, Chris O'Connell. Batman and Robin. Chris O'Connell? Nope. No, not Chris O'Connell. Okay. That was Tom Katz. Jerry, no, that, that Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Great friend of mine. His brother was one of the Bachelors. I watched the Have Bachelors. Have you ever seen, like, Three Musketeers? Uh, oh, Keith Sutherland. Sutherland. Great friend of mine. Mm-hmm. How about Vertical Limit? Does that, does that ring a bell? Scott Glenn was great in that picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess he was. Bill Paxton, God rest his soul. Billy. Yeah, son, Billy, son of a woman. He, Billy he played Paxton. the character... He played the character Charlie Sims. You know, you you had a lot of screen time with him. Oh, you know what it was? Son of a woman. I played a blind fella in that movie. Oh, and, so you never saw and him. so I never saw him. It was a method thing. I burned my eyes out with acid temporarily. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just wanted to do that entire motion picture uh, purely by scent. Did you think he was the woman? I, you know, he could have been because I blocked out my hearing as well. I wore inside the ear earmuffs, and it was it was entirely a scent based performance. Hence the the title of the motion picture. You delivered a hell of a performance. Oh, hoo-ah, thank you. I got my Oscar for that one. That was actually a. Uh, I was like really introduced to you from that movie and Scarface because those were like my mom's like two favorite movies my, back in the nineties. My, my two most iconic. Subtle, under-the-radar performances. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very you, few heard of them. You got good taste, kid, let me tell you. Hey, my mom has good taste, you hey, know? I'd like to meet her, let me tell you. Hoo-ah. Hey, you're, you're not getting a scent of my mother. <laughs> I'd like to catch a whiff. I'm sure you would, Albatross. Hoo-ah! <laughs> Hey, what made your parents name you Albatross? Uh, they were looking up one day and they saw a gull and he just dropped me right out like a stork. Oh, is that what they told you? 
That's I, that. That's the exact story of how Albatross Pacino came into this world. Just dropped out of the mouth of a fucking gull. Yeah, well, yeah. They they assume what happened was that the I was on the beach with my real my biological parents, and then a giant albatross uh, came down and scooped me up by the diaper, and flew me about uh, three miles over the uh, over the uh, Queens and just dropped me. Now I heard rumors that in the Godfather. Oh, you want to talk about the Godfather? Hua. When you pull the gun out from the toilet, yeah, that it was supposed to be a prop, but then in reality, you replaced it with your own personal handgun and came out and blew those actors away. <laughs> that's more method acting for you. Yeah, that's that's what I, was, I thought. You let know, me let me tell you, more. I got a I got a saying on set: nobody gets nothing gets between albatross and a kill and a fresh kill. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the whole basis of Serpico, wasn't it? Uh, what's that? Nobody getting between me and a kill. Yeah, you know, sometimes you gotta you go so undercover or so in a role that you just you kill for real. Yeah, that's right. When I was doing Serpico, they they said that I had gone native. I thought I really. What's that mean? I thought I really was undercover, and then I I was so far deep undercover that I really bought into uh, my undercover identity, and I had, I had gone native like one of the uh, red men of the West. Oh, like a Native American? Yeah, hua. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I got hua from. Was the Red Men of the West? How did you feel? They, about they would the go. Man they who... would go hua, 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 and That's how I got it. <laughs> That's where I came from. That's amazing. Yeah. You learn something how new every you... day, huh? How did you feel about uh, the man who portrayed your father in The Godfather sending a red woman up to accept his Academy Award? Hey. Uh, more power to him you know he was banging all kinds of broads and you know whoever he sent in his stead was he was banging fellas too now i see you have a daughter uh julie marie she was born uh the same year as me you think you could uh set us up oh julie marie presley love her to death i've always wanted to dip my company ink in a presley mm-hmm. well good luck with that sonny yeah, I'm just trying to see like how I could learn to be able to pick up on the scent of a woman. Why would I know Julie Marie Presley? Huh? I never met her before in my life. Well, your eldest daughter, Julie Marie. You're talking about Julie Marie Presley? Never met her. You, okay. How about your twins? Uh, they're they're young, but they should have been 18 by this point. Olivia, Olivia Rose, Olivia Newton John. Mm-hmm. What about Anton James, your son? Anton Yelchin, God rest his soul. Does Olivia Rose look anything like his mother, Beverly D'Angelo? Beverly D'Angelo. Oh, that was one of the finest broads I ever seen on television before. National Lampoon's Vacation. Uh-huh. You you were married to her what? for like five years. What are you talking about, Sonny? You telling me I married the broad on the television? I think I would know. I think I would remember. I think that... Are you still blind, Al? I told you. I burned my eyes out with acid. Have you been blind since? I've been blind ever since Senator Woman. How's Diane Keaton's pussy taste? I wouldn't know. I only know the scent. (laughs) I blocked out all my senses other than scent. Uh, It wouldn't happen to smell like albacore, tuna, albatross... Oh, you're making a joke about my name. Yeah, it's a you know, clever little 
I'm writing you out of the will, son. What was your name again? Chris O'Connell? <laughs> yep, my name was Chris O'Donnell. Chris O'Connell. I, yep. Chris O'Connell, you want to bang Lisa Marie, Julia Marie Presley? Yeah. I got you figured out, sonny boy. Hooah! I see you had a, a daughter with a Polak. Oh, I don't mess around with those Polaks. Italian broads only. What about Lucilia Polak? Her name's what? <laughs> Lucilia Polak. Polak. I don't believe it. I was married to a Polak woman named Polak. Hey, you learn something new every day. <laughs> you really fucked yourself up by going blind method for that. Yeah. yeah, who knows? I'm bumbling into all kinds of stuff like Mr. Magoo. I've been doing it for 25 years now. Well, Albatross, it has been a pleasure. Oh, thank you. A, a true honor. Thank you for having me on. Uh, Chris O'Connell, everybody. <laughs> That's me. Wow, it's been a it's been a real a real treat. Yeah, man. Um, uh, you know, if you find out what Beverly D'Angelo's pussy smells yeah. like, feel free to drop me a line at Chris O'Connell at gmail dot com. Okay, I, I, you're, you're speaking Greek to me now. Uh huh. Yeah, or a letter, you could just mail it to me. Mm. She mail. Uh huh. Yep. She mail. She mail. Oh, I got some stories about that. Till next time, then, huh? <laughs> we'll have to save some she of those. Bang, she mail. Yeah, she bangs. She mails. <laughs> oh, you must know. You must know before I even tell you. <laughs> I've done my research, baby. Oh, baby. <laughs> well, we can't. We can't let all the good slip. <clears throat> and oh my goodness, you're disgusting. I'm out of here. <laughs> and you grossed Al Pacino out. I mean, it only took 25 minutes. Holy God. I mean, that guy can talk. He can, you know, but what a what a vivid storyteller. <laughs> he really is, man. Uh, Doesn't remember any of the women he's been married to, <laughs> any of his kids. I mean, that's what happens when you burn your own eyeballs out with acid. You just... Yep. For everything else, I mean, Chris O'Connell, I don't think that man exists. <laughs> There's got to be a Chris O'Connell out there. Maybe he's uh, conflating him with someone else. I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah, the grit pulley Chris O'Connell. What are you talking about here, he Albatross? He must not have left a, that big an impression on the set of Scent of a Woman because, let's face it, that was you know, that was the Pacino show, front to back. It's because left, right, and center. It's, it's because Chris O'Donnell was too busy doing chin-ups and push-ups mm -hmm. to prepare for the, the role of Robin. Trying to, yeah, trying to tone that fucking iron body. He was like, look, I gotta go up against the greats of, of Val Kilmer and George Clooney. Mm -hmm. Somebody's gotta look sexy on this set, and he knew it wasn't gonna be them. I picked a scab on my forehead, and it's been bleeding for like five minutes. It's insane. <laughs> I'm just picturing you, like, blood dripping down your face. It really is, man. I'm wearing a crimson mask over here. Yeah. Fuck, finally, something I can jerk off to on this podcast. Yeah, I look like Al Pacino after he ate Beverly D'Angelo's pussy when she was on her period. <laughs> When he got his red wings. Yep. <laughs> Pacino's red wings. <laughs> to get the Pacino red wings, you must eat Beverly D'Angelo's bloody pussy. <laughs> oh, fuck. Speaking of bloody pussy... Gina Carano. How about that Gina? How about that Gina Carano, folks? Let's give it up Man. for Gina and her bloody pussy. <laughs> she was bleeding this whole film yeah, from her and pussy. And she, she just stuck it out like a real trooper. Yeah, they said she had a four-month-long period. Mm -hmm. The doctors couldn't figure it mm -hmm. out. But she showed up every day, willing and ready. She's a hemophiliac out of her pussy or whatever. 
Is that the one where you can't mm-hmm. stop bleeding? Hemophilia? Uh, I'm pretty sure you nailed it. Shit, vaginal hemophilia. <laughs> Gina hemophilia is what they decided to name it because she was the first case. Oh, God. Uh, so Gina Carano, folks, if you're uh, still still sticking around for this episode. <laughs> I mean, who could not? If, like Al Pacino the Great was on. If you don't remember Gina Carano, she played, uh, uh, what was her name in Fast 6? Riley? The Hot Broad. The Hot Broad. Uh, I think it was Riley, right? I think you're right. Something like that. And she was uh, The Rock's little uh, sidekick in Fast 6. And she ended up being his a little play thing. traitor. Yeah, his plaything. He's an overgrown child. Uh, last time we saw her, we did Haywire a few months ago, right? Which fucking rule. Yeah, it did. It was one of the best... best. Uh, yeah, her name's Riley. Yeah, I nailed it. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Look at that memory. Well, yeah, in Haywire, her name was Mallory Kane. and this one, it's similar. It's... Who's it? Attica Gage. Attica Gage. Attica! I'm gonna... G- I'm going to get a piercing tomorrow. What kind of piercing? I'm gonna get an Attica Gage. Attica Gage. That's a good action hero name. Yeah, it and you know what? This film uh, unabashedly just wants to make a good action flick that you can just sit back and not give a fuck about. Yeah, it was uh, definitely a more enjoyable watch than some of the things we've been watching. Coming recently, off of like, Dead Mind uh, to this. Oh yeah, dead. Yeah, it was a real fucking. I mean, if we had just watched this between like f- two fast movies, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Coming off of garbage, having to see. Yeah, Kill Command and Dead Mine. Yeah, this is a real step up. Um, actually, the director, Peter Howitt, I don't know if you looked at his credits, but uh, he's done oh, some real he? films. Like he did Johnny English, oh, the first one. Real films. Missed with fucking Rowan Atkinson. Uh, he did Sliding Doors. I don't know if you've uh-huh. ever uh, seen that. It's... Uh, it's the one about literal sliding doors, and then there's like a like a split screen narrative thing. It's a romantic comedy. It's got Gwyneth Paltrow. I already don't like it. And then he he did uh, Laws of Attraction with Pierce Brosnan, okay. PB himself, and okay. Julian Moore. That I can get behind. Yeah. <sighs> so yeah, he's done. He's so done this, some work. Uh, he just wanted and, uh, to have people a... get shot up and ass whoopings. Yeah, I mean, I assumed going into it that it, it was, like, some asshole's first-ever DTV movie, but no, it's a legitimate uh, guy. And I think it shows. Yeah, I think it's well-made. There's a lot of squib work, For, and I think that, like, a an actor who, or a director who's been around long enough, he can demand such things. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I even texted this to you while we were watching it, but... Uh, like, the gunplay in this is actually solid yeah. for a DTV movie. And like I said, he's using squibs. It's none of this CG blood yeah. bullshit. Yeah, it's it's noticeable, yeah. yeah. It's like very clean uh, clean action. There's no no handheld, no shaky cam or anything. Uh, point so and shoot, baby. So what's the plot of this point and shoot? Because it's about as quickly described as point and shoot. I, I read the plot like 30 minutes ago before Al, Al Padras Pacino Oh, that's right. Up, Sorry. Albatross just threw me for a loop. Uh, I would say, so we're in a post-apocalyptic universe, mm-hmm. right? And uh, there's a big old big bunch of clouds. It's like a Mad Max type thing. We got Bounty Hunter Woman. 
got a bounty hunter man, and they're going to have a bounty hunter plan, make bounty hunter babies. I'll sum it up right here. With their bounty hunter glands. Right. Yeah, go uh, ahead. I'm struggling. So we are introduced into Fallout New Vegas, and you are given a subplot in which, by the Caesars, you have to take out the people in New Vegas, and she does. That's the plot. Oh, oh, that was it. Okay, I thought you were gonna do a whole. No, rundown, that's the whole right. plot. That that I couldn't that's give it. a rundown of this movie because it is. She's told to go take out the rival gang in a Fallout New Vegas world. Uh, she goes. Mm -hmm. She almost gets raped. She kills the guy. Um, they catch on to who she is. They beat her up and try to kill her. She lives, and then she kills them. Bada bing, bada boom. Hey, did you just become Italian? Yeah. I've been working on it. I've been injecting myself with um, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's own Sly Stallone's blood injections to become Italian. Uh, uh -huh. I'm pretty sure I got sent the Frank batch, but, you know, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, I noticed your voice was becoming a little high-pitched. Yeah, and I've been really, like, I've just been really feeling Trump lately. Hey, guys, I'm outside Gold's <laughs> Gym now. <laughs> is, that why, is that why you're always outside that's, yep, Gold's that's Gym? Yep, I, I, you're, you're turning into a On my way Frank. to work, I pass a Gold's Gym. I don't actually go in and work out. I just stand outside, take a picture, and then... Make an yeah. Instagram video. And I continue yeah. on my way to work. And then while I'm at work, I'm You're like, hey, Frank. guys, uh, hey, new manager, uh, just Trump. Have you talked about him? Have you thought about him? I mean, we should be thinking about him every day. This is why I'm still single. All these fake broads out here in Hollywood. Liberal loonies. Love. I have a sneaking suspicion that my, my new manager is actually mm -hmm. like a Trump guy. He today, oh, yeah. or not today, I didn't work today, yesterday, like my first day there, um, we <laughs> we saw some guy get a sh the shit beat out of him by his mother. <laughs> <laughs> he was... <laughs> this is a grease moment, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> We're helping this customer, and we hear some screaming outside. They're just hooting and hollering, and it's this like... This clear, obvious, like, gamers rise up, we live in a society little shit, screaming at his mom about the beer she bought. Because there's a, as every store that I work at is apparently located next to a liquor store, I think it's a, the company's uh -huh. policy. Um, she fucking puts the beer in the car, he's screaming at her, and she just starts slapping the ever-living shit out of him. And we're talking, like, after it all ends... And I was like, oh, I was like, that is that something we see often? He's like, oh, yeah, we live high class up here in North Hagerstown. I'm like, all right. He's like, so when I go to meetings, I got to flex on him. I'm like, yeah, man, do you start slapping the president? It's like, you know, I think that uh, the issue is, is that bullying is good, and we've stopped bullying. And maybe if more people got bullied, they would realize there's a time and a place to speak up. Otherwise, you're going to get your ass kicked. And I was like, all right, man, with no chin. Cool story, dude. Like, Tomorrow, you should ask him what he thought of the Joker movie. <laughs> I will. He has, a, uh, he has like, clipped to his desk uh, his, like, holographic 
IMAX ticket from Regal Westview of Avengers of Avengers oh, Endgame. Oh. So I'm like, now oh. I'm waiting for it to be switched out with the Joker. With the Joker. Oh man. Um, let me say. Well, you never know. Maybe he's a maybe he's a Marvel guy. Maybe yeah, he maybe. Didn't see it. Um, maybe I also hate this fucking store, and I want to kill myself after one day. Uh, well, can't win them all. Nothing I guess. to do, man. Except talk about bullying with this guy. Oh, to be fair, I never saw a guy get beat up by his mom outside of my old store. So that was cool. Oh, let's do a drink report. Tell the people what you're drinking. Oh, baby. Oh, man, the fucking condensation is just, like, dripping off of this can. It looks beautiful. Like It's, like, commercial-level fucking imagery. Let me tell you, folks. I am drinking a Coors Banquet Golden Colorado brewed with 100% Rocky Mountain oh, water baby. since 1873. Oh, wow. Coming down. Dripping off the side of that mountain. I feel like mountain. a fucking cowboy right now. I'm out there in fucking the mm-hmm. town of Deadwood. Riding the trails, baby. like, can I give you some whiskey? And I'm like, give me a Coors Banquet. Give me a banquet, brother. Would you have a big bushy mustache? Describe yourself as oh, a yeah, cowboy. Big bushy mustache. My beard is like <laughs> to my nipples. Um, uh-huh. I've got a cowboy hat, but the brim is like fucked up and jacked up for me like getting blackout drunk and just passing out on it oh yeah just crumpling it up falling straight my down gums on are it. rusted as fuck like it, questionable if they can even fire a bullet because i've never oiled them once because i don't use them because i get too drunk and black out before i can shoot somebody uh i claim to have fought in the alamo and i have a dead man's like alamo <laughs> badge on my fucking vest uh that's made a lever uh-huh um, but it's not even cowhide. It's literally just fucking made from like a raccoon pelt. So it barely reaches down to my belly button. And it's also crooked as hell. And I'm like, yeah, mm. I fought the Alamo. And he was like, no, you didn't. You just stole that. And it's I get super drunk. And I'm like, yeah, I probably did. Um, and then I also pissed on that man's corpse. But I don't remember it. And so I'm really just a hot mess of a cowboy. I'd say you ain't much of a cowboy at all. Don't sound like you do no roping and wrangling. Nah, I got riding. one spur. You uh, you ain't nothing but a Coca Cola cowboy. I got boy. one spur, and there's a hole. You got one there's a hole in my have... jeans in my Levi's that just uh-huh. right that, in the dick area, right to the right of my dick area, and just my testicle hangs out. <laughs> just one yep, and I'm known as Testicle Joe, <laughs> and that's me. Why they call him Joe? Well, wait until you see him. <laughs> uh, all right, Testicle Joe, would you like to guess Scorched Earth's Rotten Tomatoes score? Forty-eight percent. Twenty percent. Really? Yeah, it's only counting ten reviews. Oh, though. Okay, that's unfair. That's a bias. That's what we in the journalistic uh, community call a bias. Watching Carano is fun for a little bit, but seeing her talents thoroughly wasted becomes more depressing than anything else. Her talents are, like, on full display in this film. Yeah, mostly just looking cool and butt Do you know what her talents aren't? Delivering lines and acting, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, uh, she... 
this is the exact same thing we said with Haywire, which is like she's not a, a great actress, but it's fun to watch her. She's got good screen presence. She's got great physicality. She handles herself well in the action scenes. I think uh, she looks cool with cowboy hat on. I think she just needs to go to like an acting class. Yeah. Like I think if somebody, I mean, she's she's like halfway, she's halfway there. She's got like a, a nice like sarcastic thing going. She's on got and... a, uh, she's got something that could be molded into a good actress. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely. She's. Uh, she's. I raw. think of it. I'd like to raw dog yeah. her. I'd like to mold her both from the I'd inside like to out. Get a son of her I mean. woman. Mm-hmm. I like to stick her in an oven and shape her. All right, Hitler. I'd like to shave her. Shave her. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think that if like a director like hired her and they were like, "Look, but here's the thing: I'm gonna send you to like a five week course at like a very prestigious acting academy." I think there's like a good likelihood they could get a performance out of her. I just don't think that anyone's done that, and they're just like, "We just need a chick who can whoop ass," and she's already yeah. trained. I mean, the closest, the closest that we've got is Haywire, where uh, Soderbergh seemed like mostly cut out a lot of her dialogue. Yep. Which is exactly what you want to do. Yeah, time and place. I I just, just think she could right. she could get some training. I think she could be a great strong actress. I just haven't seen it. Uh, Joe Layden of Variety said, "Scorched Earth is the sort of divertingly hokey post-apocalyptic B movie that would have amused undiscriminating blockbuster video renters a generation ago, and now might pass muster as the pilot for a weekly sci-fi series." Oh, I could I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that would be a fun, uh, fun TV show. Netflix. Or something. I'd watch yeah. the shit out of that show. Yeah, definitely. That'd be cool. That'd be neat. I like the uh, I like the world they set up where uh, people need like uh, silver, but they need it for air filters yep. and stuff. And yeah, I thought that was interesting. What do you think about her outfit? There's like acid rains and things. Uh, I mostly just like the hat that she stole from Chavo, the woman. It was a very cool hat. Yeah, it had a card in it. And uh, she had the cool uh, the cool bandanas. The bandanas were cool. I thought her little helmet was oh. stupid. She had a helmet that she She looked wore. like a leverhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like no, I don't know. But when she rolled out with that helmet on, I was like, where's the hat? I'm looking at it now, and it looks like they they got like a replica like uh, X-wing pilot's helmet, and then just painted it black. They spent thousands of dollars on a replica X-wing helmet, <laughs> yeah, and then spray painted it entirely black. Kathleen exactly. Kennedy was like pissing herself. Yeah, that's copyright infringement. Wait, um, pretty interesting cast. Uh, one of them is uh, John Hanna, who played Jonathan in The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. Yep. And he's uh, a trip. Yeah, he's like uh, he's like Old West Doctor Man. Yeah, he's the buddy. Um, has yeah, has a weird uh, back and forth. Sort of a me- yeah, sort of a mentor type of thing. Well, and as the film ends, uh, they have a very weird back and forth ADR session. Yeah. You mentioned that to me, and I, I didn't really notice it because I think I was getting ready for work at that point. So I oh, missed it was. It. Uh, he was like, "Ah, oh, you care about me more than you care to admit," and she was like, "No, I don't. Maybe just a little bit, like under her breath." He was like, "I heard that," and like it just kept going for like two minutes, and I was like, 
Mm. Let's wrap this film up, guys. Great banter, mate. Mate, lovely banter. Yeah. I I thought uh, I thought it was interesting in the IMDb trivia. There was only like two things, and one of them was that this was originally written for like Sean Bean, and then they decided to change it to a female protagonist. When they realized they oh wait the main character's written for Sean. Yeah. Huh. I think the female protagonist served them well. Yeah, I thought, yeah, it was definitely very interesting. Can you imagine Sean uh, Bean uh, almost being raped by a woman and then just, like, shooting her? <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, they, they probably rewrote some of that stuff. Uh, some of the, the, like, the female solidarity stuff where she was trying to free the sex slave. No, woman. I like that to be original. <laughs> what, uh... <laughs> Let me ask you, when that sex slave woman was singing, was that the voice you expected? Uh, no, nor was that the amount of makeup I expected to see in a post-apocalyptic world. Well, you know, somebody's got a horror. My biggest gripe, like, when she got introduced, I was like, wow, everyone's crushing their job except the makeup artist. <sighs> I don't think, I didn't recognize the villain in this. He's been in a bunch of stuff, it looks like. His name's Ryan Robbins. Ryan Reynolds was in this? Uh, uh, Ryan Robbins. He was in Passengers. He was in Aliens vs. Predators Requiem. Never saw Passengers. He did see Alien vs. Predators Requiem. I don't know. That Aliens vs. Predators Rectum. Warcraft. I, I will say, uh, if you guys listened to our Warrior minisodes a couple months back, uh, the Irishman, Leary... Was yeah, he was. He was the villain's uh, right-hand man, and his name was Lear. Almost like a Lear. He should have been the main villain. He should have. He's a, he's a much more intimidating presence than and the a better bad actor. Guy. The bad guy was kind of kind of goofy and doofy. Uh, also, yeah. shout out to Andrew Koji, who shows up in fucking Peaky Blinders season five. Yeah, our warrior boys are moving on and moving out, baby. Man, I can't wait for Warrior season two. Yeah, I don't really have much to say about this Scorched Earth movie. I enjoyed it, but I it don't was know. that was me going into this episode, and I'm so glad um, you were able to get Albatross to fill in like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, because aside from that, this was kind of just it, uh, the most I have to say is it was fun. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, I there's, enjoyed it. There's I nothing <laughs> to dissect, or di it's a very straightforward uh, point A to point B action film. Set in the Fallout New Vegas world. Yeah, there you have Not it, that. folks. We could have summed that up in about 30 seconds. We didn't even have to do a full episode on this. We could have been in and out, but hey, man. Y'all could be out playing fucking mini-golf right now. Instead, we got a very special guest. A very uh, lucrative and talented Hollywood A-lister. Gina Carano roams a mild yet tedious post-apocalyptic wasteland as a bounty hunter, and either you are here for this lady badass of our feminazi dreams, or you are not. Well, the fact that he referred to her as feminazi uh, tells me everything I need to know about that guy. Okay, here you go, you fucking sexist. That was written by a woman. Really? Well... Her name's Marianne Johansson, the flick philosopher. Yeah, why doesn't she go on and flick herself onto Trump's 2020 campaign trail? Ay, 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 I was actually this is. I was a, the robot from Power Rangers just there. 
Ay, ay, ay. Oh, hang on. I think I got a sneeze. You sounded like what I imagine uh, <coughs> Salma Hayek was I told sound you. like uh, when I fucked her and she just wanted to pretend that I was doing a good job. That's what Salma Hayek sounded like when Mikey Douglas was eating her pussy. Hey, hey, hey. I, different, different women. Hey, hey, hey. I, think it, I don't Catherine know. Catherine Zeta-Jones. They all, they all look the same. You know how it is. <laughs> What's that famous thing they always say about Latina actresses? They all look the same. Same with us white folk. There's one guy in here who reviewed a movie for uh, one of the Scorched Earth reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes who has a soul patch. Nice. He should have played one of the villains. <laughs> he should have. Both the villains should have had matching soul patches in this. That would have been awesome. I really, I, I cannot come up with a single thing to say about this film, which is, it's, it's quite vexing. Honestly, we've done longer minisodes, I feel. This one, done. Put a fork in it. If this pig cooks any longer, it's gonna fucking taste like dog shit. Should Powers Booth have been in this movie? Yeah, absolutely. Should have been the bad guy. Or, or the doctor. Yeah, I, yeah. Any of those roles could have worked for him. I think he would have been most intimidating. It would have been nice to see him as a friend. It's always nice to see him as a friend. But you make Booth the uh, the villain, let him smoke the big cigar in this post apocalypse I mean, he'd basically be Cy Tolliver, I There's guess. There's actual intimidation there, though. I actually feel... Huh? Well, there's actual intimidation there. I feel like the, the heroine doesn't stand as easily a chance to survive if he's the villain. Yeah, like I never, I never bought any real threat that this bozo was gonna uh, kill. Oh no, her that guy was gonna end. get murked. Yeah, like an. I don't know. He uh, there's some business about a mine, and he's throwing dynamites or something. I don't know. Oh no, that guy is I as dead as an Alex Honerman zombie. He getting murked. To be honest, I wasn't entirely sure why she didn't just roll into town and immediately kill that guy. Yeah, she tried to like play it aloof and like on his team, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, she's doing this. Just shoot him. Doing this whole, just doing this whole undercover thing, and it, it really didn't seem like it was. They they play it up like, oh, this guy's the baddest motherfucker of all time, and it really didn't seem like it was going to be that hard for her to just like she really blow his head off and drag his fucking corpse behind a horse. She complicated her life more than was needed. She really did. I mean, she was a uh, her ruthlessness kept getting in her own way. Like when her fucking buddies from her old town, New Montana or whatever raided the town, yep. she immediately executes the guy that recognizes her. <laughs> you had to kill your own friend because you suck at your job. <laughs> I mean, that introduced like a nice little, uh, you know, uh, moral conundrum to things, but. Man, your sneeze. They, ne they never really played with that. And uh, Sorry, my sneeze was... Uh, it traversed uh, the Musk Highway. Yep. It went straight across the fucking space-time continuums. The little Musk bots. The little, little nanobots The little Musk that it. could. <sighs> what do you give it out of uh, six Coronas? Hold on. Well, actually, this one's going to be easy. Who was the hottest person in this movie? Gina. Yeah, it was Gina Carano. She was looking cool in that hat. Oh, man. I liked her a when lot. When she was recovering from her injuries and she was just wearing that long t-shirt and she, like, specifically uh -huh. goes out of her way to hide her pussy at one point, I was like, mm. Whoa, baby. 
Girl, show me that pussy in that long tee. <laughs> Scorched earth policy on that uh -huh. pussy. Oh, I would. That, yep, that's that. Um, this guy, the Matt Hurd on Letterboxd says... This movie does win a Make It Gay, You Cowards award for the lack of sexy times between Apocalypse Winona and blonde sweetheart Melina. The operative phrase in all their interactions should have been, and then they kiss. Listen, I think we, we say some strange things on this show, but this guy is one weirdly horny bastard. I never at any point thought that those two were going to fuck. <laughs> First of all, buddy, you use the word... And this is directed at him, not you. This guy uses the word fucking sexy times. Mm -hmm. Which I don't think there's a more off-putting phrase for fucking than sexy times. See, the issue... Except maybe smexy times. The issue is that guy thought he was running Scorched Pussy, and he rented Scorched mm -hmm. Earth. And so mm -hmm. he waited for the lesbian pussy eating to happen, and it just never uh -huh. came. But... And Scorched Pussy, is that like a... Is that a direct parody of this a direct triple x parody yeah except she skin flick version. the lady breathes fire oh rah rah like a dungeon dragon uh-huh well she's the dungeon or she's the dragon and the girl was the dungeon and she blew fire uh -huh. upon her pussy hole squirting fire like a dragon's pussy she said i don't eat raw meat fuck i need to write this porno now <laughs> Sorry to get you hard over the phone like this. My brain got hard. Should, my writing brain. I, I should become a fucking phone sex operator. What do you think about that? I'd jerk off to it. Uh, somebody said this was reminiscent of Albert Pyun's forgettable straight-to-VHSB action flicks from the 90s. You can Albert Pyun your way out of here, bro. I guess he's talking about, like, Cyborg or Mean Guns or something. I don't know. Fuck, I could go for a good, uh, like, John Woo movie tonight. This guy said, I'm the last person who would find a film that mixes the Metro series with the Dollars trilogy lame. So he hated I guess it Fallout is, New Vegas. I guess it is a little similar to, like, Fistful of Dollars or something. I don't know. Kind of. Less creative. I could see that. It's, it's Fallout New Vegas, dude. It's just a, a sub-fucking quest on Fallout New Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, that's what keeps it from going above and beyond is that it just feels kind of minor. And uh, there's this seems like there's probably more they could have exploited out of this world. It feels more like a setup for a broader world than it does an actual story. And that's why I think this, this would make a great pilot for a TV show. Yeah, yeah, the person who said it would be a pilot for a TV show is exactly right. Uh but, I mean, that's what happens when you got a low budget, I guess. You got to use this little uh, fucking uh, Wild West fucking stunt show town as your single location. Yep, you got to use your little pee-pee to imagine bigger and broader things. Mm-hmm. Imagination is the number one movie of the mind. That's I think that's what we can all agree upon on this show. Yeah. Uh, I think out of six Coronas, I would give it two and a half. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'll go two and a like half. A, yeah, like a two and a half, three range. I'm also... Oh, shit. What? I'm peeing into a bottle right now, and I just squirt a little <laughs> pee out of it. 
That's one of the few pleasures of doing this over the phone is you can just piss anywhere you want. I mean, I've done this exact move next to you. Yeah, that's true. Oh. But I mean, you could you could just you could pee on anything if you want. I, well, apparently I am cuz I had to these little stubby bottles are not meant to be peed in. Nah, that was the one thing that the cowboys didn't uh didn't fucking think through. And I just peed a little that, bit on that's some why they, cords. That's why they stopped using them, and they went to the long bottles so cowboys could piss on the into the bottles on the range. Hey, man, at least those cowboys knew what they were doing. Oh, my God. God bless... If there's one lesson I want you to walk away with this, from this fucking episode with, it's the... Well, first of all, that imagination is the number one movie of the mind, and secondly, it's God bless the fucking cowboys and the riders on the range. And secondly, I filled a bottle and a can... <laughs> This man's all full of piss and vinegar tonight. And I've also peed on myself more than I would like to fucking admit. Jesus Christ, dude. Because I let go, and then more come out. Is this how I fucking raised you? <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Raised you to be an animal. I mean, you've only been sober a year or so. Yeah, I guess it does take time to break a wild horse like that. Oh my god, dude. Oh, so much piss is coming out of me. <laughs> I seriously... I can't stop, man. That boy's soaked in urine. Dude. Like a piss-soaked balloon exploded on his lap. Oh, fuck. I think I'm about to fill... Oh, no, no, no. Alright, it took two bottles and a can. God damn. I'll tell you how I know it's time to log off. I just got a push notification on my phone from IMDb for a featured trailer for something called Rick and Morty. What's a Rick and Morty? I don't know, man. Oh, god damn it, I just peed on my phone a little bit. <laughs> Why are you, how are you still pissing? I, I thought I was done, and then I moved the bottle, <laughs> and I went to put my little pecker away. <laughs> it just keeps squirting That's out. That's the pee-pee squirted. Dude, the banquets are coming. Oh my god, I've got pee on my jeans. I'm sitting next to two bottles of urine and a can of urine. You're going to need to post this. Uh, I'm going to send you some pictures. Oh, some, a piss post. Uh, this is this is what this show has devolved into. It's de-evolved. <laughs> I'm going to send phone sex phone sex piss posting. Yep. And you can you can post these pictures with the episode. Shit, that... I phone sick. I phone sexed you too well that your dick got hard and you couldn't piss straight into the banquet bottle. I think that can even had a little bit of pee pee fucking uh, trickling <laughs> down it. Yep, there's some there's some wetness on that can. Oh, a little yellow stalactite. Well, it's hard to tell because the cans are kind of yellow. Oh, golden crystals, baby. Yeah, this is the mess that I have I have brought I have wreaked upon Ooh. myself. What hath the Lord wrought? You wouldn't make it in the post-apocalypse. You'd be walking around with a moldy dick. No, I'd be trying to piss in bottles, and then I'd get fucking shot by Gina Carano. Mm-hmm. She'd blow your pecker right on off. Yep. She'd be like, what are you doing there, boy? And she'd blow it. She'd blow my dick off, but it would also hit the bottle, and the bottle would shatter. <laughs> Ping! And I'd just be covered in piss and blood. And she would, uh, she would tape your dick to your head. Yep. Like a unicorn's horn. And say this is what happens when you expose yourself, man. In this, in this feminist future, in this feminazi future, she's like a cooler Chuck Jenkins. 
God damn, this boy is all covered in piss. And blood. Ugh. Folks, I think that's our signal to get on out of here, to giddy on up. Yep. And ride on out of town. It's time. Uh, sorry that uh, this movie just uh, didn't provide us with a, a wealth of material, but sometimes it happens, I guess. Yeah. And uh, I don't think next week is going to be uh, any better because we're watching something called The Titan starring, uh, starring, <laughs> I think it's Sam Worthington. We'll see how many bottles of piss it leaves me to pour into the toilet by the end of it. We're watching a Netflix original called The Titan starring Sam Worthington and uh, Natalie Emmanuel. Oh, man, maybe Natalie will show her boobas. Oh, baby. That one, uh... That one's going to be a piece of shit, most likely. Uh, then in two weeks, I think we got a good one on our hands. We're going to be watching Texas Chainsaw 3D with Scott Eastwood in it. Old Scotty. Scotty boy. Happy Halloween, motherfuckers. Happy Halloween. Yeah, that one's coming out Halloween Day. It's a spooktacular. Mm-hmm. And then the week after that, we're going to have another commentary track for you. Too Fast, Too Furious commentary. If you haven't heard the first one, check it out. It's a real fucking wild ride. You get... All kinds of content similar to Chance trying pissing all over himself trying to piss into banquet bottles. I got 15 minutes in. I had to turn it off. Oh yeah, it's it's a it's a real it's a, it's doozy. a real wild ride. Although I did hear from uh, from Johan, he messaged me on Twitter and he said that he enjoyed it. Really? He did. Yeah, he said. Uh, he said this new ep is. Oh, hang on, wrong one. Uh, he said, you guys killed this new episode. Send my regards to Chance. I genuinely <laughs> loved hanging hanging with you guys for an hour or whatever and i said oh that one was a mess and he said nah it's a lot of fun i really enjoyed it so thank you to our freaks and our fans out there fuck yeah god johan thank you man i and i like how he said send my regards like i died because <laughs> <laughs> it kind of sounded like it throughout the episode your, your soul was dying slowly <laughs> piece by piece this is leaving my body as each shot of evan entered it oh <sighs> I can feel myself not dying, but like just slowly falling asleep throughout this entire episode that we've been doing. Yeah. Once, once, once Albatross Pacino left, it was like it started getting real hot in my room, and I kind of laid down, and I've just been like fading fast. It took me pissing in bottles to gain some life back into. It. I could tell. Yeah, yeah. You, it sounded like you were uh, on your way into a black hole, and then you you got sucked back out by the oh. interstellar creatures. Uh huh. They pulled me out like a book from the library. Uh-huh. And they said, Murph. Murph. Murph, I'm doing fucking tiptoes in the dust. Murph, read this book I'm pushing upon on my strings. Murph, Murph I'm pushing upon a book and I'm doing tiptoes in the dust, baby. Come Murph me. Murph, run out in the cornfield and go tell daddy that the crops is done. The crops done, Murph. Get crops daddy. Crops done, Crops are done cooking, Murph. Get out there, girl. Get out there and Murph it up, girl. All right, Murph. Well, <laughs> folks, till next time, I've been Davis. I've sadly been Chance. He's sadly been Chance. I've, I'm Homer Simpson, smiling politely. Uh, <laughs> this I'm Bart Simpson that. saying, eat my shorts. Eat my pants, man. Yeah, eat them all. Ooh, and thank you to Al Pacino. Wait, why am I thinking myself? <clears throat> thank you to Al Pacino, Albatross Pacino, for stopping by. That was very fucking, uh, very gracious of him. What a wonderful world. Such a busy man, but so made much time, time for us. Yeah, carved a, carved a little bit of time out of his his home rotoscoping 
to talk to us. What a so saint. Bless his heart. This has been Podfast and Pod Furious, everybody. Salute. Ah, uh, me familiar.